Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So do I look older? Oh, yeah. You walk into Denny's before five, you've got yourself a discount. Good. So you know what I think. What? I think you're a great, cool kid and the best friend a girl could have. Back at you. Hey, this is Emily. And I'm Jess. And this is Sandra, and welcome to today's town meeting. And now... It's time for Sandra's Sucky Summaries. Okay, so we start in the Gilmore house, and Crazy Sissy's dad is coming. So Rory and Lorelai have to post a note what they want. Pudding is served, and oh my god, Lorelai cannot handle it. Rory's birthday is on a Friday, and Fridays are only Emily's. Thankfully, both Jim Morrison and Elvis are coming, and they're bringing chips. So it kind of looks like this year, Rory's going to have two birthday parties. In Stars Hollow, Jackson is a scientist, Michelle is invited to the party, and the Gilmore Girls order pizza. Emily asks Lorelai for shopping help, and also humiliates Rory beyond belief. And no matter what Lorelai says, a guitar purse is an awful gift. Later on in the diner, Luke asks Lorelai to marry him, and... Lorelai makes the dresses. At 4.03 a.m., Rory is woken up by Lorelai, who tells a story about pelting nurses. Cool story, Lorelai. Later on, Luke makes Rory a cake, putting it set for about the 50th time, and Dean makes an appearance. At Emily's party, Richard does business. Of course he does. Lorelai drinks a Shirley Temple Black. Rory receives various envelopes, and Chilton students attack. Paris and Tristan are there, and it's weird and awful. So much so that Rory blows up, and Emily turns it on Lorelai, because of course she does. Later on, Rory finds out Paris is going to Harvard, or at least wants to go to Harvard, and they have a moment bordering on friendly. At Rory's party, the whole town appears. Rory gets a Mac computer, a cake with her face on it, and two grandparents. Emily meets Lorelai. Seemingly for the first time in her life, Luke brings ice, Richard is in autumn, and Rory gets another envelope. We end the episode with Lorelai looking through a window and seeing her baby girl get a bracelet from Stars Hollow's tallest boy, Dean. And that was Rory's birthday parties. Let's discuss. I love this episode. Me too. However, it has to have uh, like a Guinness World Record for the most said word of pudding. Like so much pudding. How many times do you have to say pudding in one episode? You have no idea how much I wished that I had some pudding every time I watch this episode. Honestly, same. <laughs> I don't eat pudding because I just don't do dairy. I used to eat pudding though, and I have like fond nostalgic memories of pudding. And so I was thinking about like worms and dirt. That was like my favorite pudding. Oh yeah, with like um gummy worms, right? Yeah. 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 Pudding and like crushed Oreos. Mm-hmm. Yes. That oh, was dirt like pudding. The, yeah, that was the most the most I ever enjoyed pudding. But apparently, Lorelai loves pudding a lot. I don't blame her. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't blame her either. However, she very much blames Emily. Like it almost seems like it's an attack. Like, how can you be serving pudding? Is this gonna 
end up with a knife in my back? Yeah, well, as we see, it doesn't take a lot to set Emily off, even when they're they're on good terms. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting episode for the Lorelai-Emily relationship. Oh, definitely. I think Lorelai puts too much stock in the pudding. Yes. yes. Like, she, she acts like the pudding is going to be some huge turning point in their relationship because her mom's finally reaching out and finally doing this and finally, you know, trying to put that foot forward. And that just... No, it's Rory's birthday next week, and she's trying mm-hmm. to do something nice, and that's kind of it. Yeah. And I kind of think Emily is right. Lorelai sometimes is impossible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Come on, you're you're 37 years old, you have a daughter, be mature, just for five seconds. Maybe? Possibly? Is that yeah. against Lorelai's code? So I have in my notes, I have Emily tries to do something nice with the pudding, and Lorelai is pretty rude. But then my next line is, Emily is in the wrong on the party thing. Oh, definitely. Oh, Saturday yeah. is a better day for a party. And I almost feel like her not allowing a switch is just a bit ridiculous. Oh, for sure. I feel like at that point, she's just being petty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and part I, I'm kind of go back and forth, too, because part of me is like, why didn't Lorelai just say, well, I've already planned a party on Friday night for Rory's birthday because, because she her, didn't want to invite birthday. her. I, mm-hmm. But then it's like, yeah, she just obviously did not want them there. So she doesn't want to mm-hmm. mention it. It just, I go back and forth on like justifying Lorelai for not telling her versus like, just tell her. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Lorelai um, very much always obscures or omits details whenever she doesn't want her like them to know. So, Except for Cinnamon's mm-hmm. Wake. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's the time when she should have kept that to herself. Um, but one thing that I did notice, and this is has nothing to do with Lorelai or Emily. Did you guys see how many flowers are in Emily's dining room? No, I didn't. I know there's usually like a bouquet on the table. There's a bouquet on the table, a centerpiece. There are flowers behind Lorelai, behind Emily, behind Rory. So there's just flowers everywhere. You have to go back to that scene and look at it because it kind of looks like a garden. I hope none of them are scented flowers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that would be a lot. And flowers are expensive. Well, that's how she displays her status. Yes. There is a lot of status displaying in this. Oh, like, yeah. The whole party is so ridiculous and over the top i have lots of things to say about it well and there's so many people there that i mean even disregarding the fact that emily felt it appropriate to invite rory's entire class first from a school that she's been going to for not a very long time like she's inviting lorelei's classmates from way back when Mm -hmm. yeah and we see you know mitzi Who's trying to Mitzi. not be a jerk as she snaps at a waiter. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Mitzi is the worst. Mm. I wrote in all caps. Mitzi, <laughs> Sissy, Leza. What are with these names? They're rich people. These are names. strange names. Right? Like, it's, it's those, like, rich people nicknames. And it's funny because, like, there are, there are cute nicknames that people have, right? Mm-hmm. But then if I ever met somebody who referred to somebody as, like, bunny... I'd be like, so oh, good. you've got money. Right. right. There are no there are no poor bunnies out there. There could be poor bunnies. Oh. I, I might be wrong there, but You just offended like, somebody named Bunny. Right? <laughs> Sorry, Bunny. Keep Random listening. bunnies listening and very upset. Uh Emily and Richard are doing a will. And mm-hmm. Yes. 
Richard is so excited. He is. And you know what he offers her? A desk. Yeah. Which is what Rory, I mean, we don't really talk about the year in the life, but like uh, later on, that is where she wants to write her book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that desk. And I think it's very appropriate. Like, that's the one thing he's really excited for her to get. Because number one, you know, this desk is probably from some general oh, in yeah. the 1800s. It's Gregorian is what he said. I don't, know I don't even means, know what but... time period that is. But it's some big fancy desk. It's probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and it makes sense that, that that would be the one thing. Because he, of the two grandparents, he seems to obviously connect with her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this episode especially. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. This is a great episode for showing like the bond that is growing between Richard and Rory. Mm-hmm. And the kind of con- continuous divide between Lorelai and Emily. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say, I've done the post-it note thing. My grandparents <laughs> did that. Um, and it's it's very weird. Uh, and of course, my grandparents' house was nowhere near like the estate mm-hmm. that Richard and Emily have. Mm-hmm. I wasn't walking around looking at vases I'd never seen before. But yeah, one time my Nana was just like, we're we're doing our will, you know, here's some post-it notes, go put your name on things. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think I have a much better relationship or I had a much better relationship with my Nana than Rory and Lorelai have with Emily. Mm-hmm. So it felt much darker to mm-hmm. me. They seem to have fun with it. Yeah, Lorelai's coming. We're just getting ready for the big day. That was God. messed up. <laughs> um, I definitely think, I know to Rory and Lorelai, it kind of seems crazy to do this will post-it note thing, but mm-hmm. it's real life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it makes things easier. Like, yeah. the reason yeah. that my, my grandparents wanted to do it is, like, you know, they only had two grandkids, me and my brother, and they were just like, we want you guys to get everything that you want. Like, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that you guys feel like mm-hmm. anything that is special to you is saved for you. I understand why Richard and Emily would want to do this but just kind of a dark thing to drop at a dinner party a week before a sweet 16 on the yeah. other side of it like Lorelai's an only child and also is only has one child so traditionally like when parents die everything her. goes to the kids yeah, so what wouldn't they get <laughs> like unless i guess maybe that's a good point actually they know Lorelai's not going to want a lot of things and maybe they're just planning to donate everything to charity so it's let us know that's what, you what i was keep. thinking so we don't get yeah. rid of anything that you do want. Like the dollhouse. Yeah, I have a dollhouse. My Nana had a dollhouse that my Papa built. Aww. And it's like a full-on dollhouse. It's got wired electrical with mini outlets. Wow. Glass windows, the whole shebang. It's gorgeous. It's in my childhood bedroom, and I, like, don't know what to do with it. That's but. crazy. That's super cool, but it's that's really crazy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we move on to the inn. And Jackson bursts in with, like, a burst of colors. Yes. Like, he is the most <gasps> colorful person I've ever seen in my life. I, I, like, I'm, <laughs> I feel weird because this podcast has made me look at Jackson in such a different light. Like, Same. I'm like, oh my god, Jackson, like, he is looking good in this episode. <laughs> uh, he's also wearing a bandana, so it made me yes. kind of think, like, did he steal one from Suki? Not yet, but maybe. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be sweet if they had matching bandanas? The bandana yeah. couple. And I do have notes on bandanas for later yes. in fashion. But I'm impressed that he is uh, creating 
like such intricate yes hybrids that's not easy to do yeah i think that the kind of hybrid that they're suggesting jackson has done is generally the kind that's done like in a genetics lab because you're not just you're not taking like two berries that use the same kind of pollination and all of that and just you know like having them pollinate each other this is the kind of like thing where you have to like splice stuff to make these two different things so i work for an agricultural company and a lot of what we do is research on corn and soybeans so like they're constantly coming out with different types of corn so we have an entire like you said genetics lab that their whole job is trying to grab specific traits from one type of corn and from another type of corn and try to figure out you know how we can get those to grow Mm -hmm. um to get the best results essentially so while jackson's talking about this i'm like jackson i thought you were like a little small town farmer and here you are pulling like genetics and research out of your butt i mean they're close to to hartford maybe he's popping down to the college (laughs) you know what's going to college why not jackson (laughs) yeah right uh you know what was super impressive from jackson his ability Hmm. to tune out lorelei he does not care about her jokes (laughs) yeah I was yeah. impressed how far his arms went back when he, like... I was, too. <laughs> I was like, geez. Is Jackson just impressive, guys? He, he's very impressive he in this episode. I, I think just like, in general, to be honest. I feel like I might know who our townsperson of the week is based on this conversation, but no speculation we'll yet. Uh, <laughs> um, but... What else happens in that scene? They are talking about... Gosh, are they talking about the party? Yeah, they're talking about the party, I think the inability to change it. Oh, and they're going over all of the foods that Suki yeah. is going to be making for the party. Oh, and I wanted to say, we almost have two different Sukis, right? There is Suki, who is a disaster, mm-hmm. and then there's the Suki that we see in this episode. She is level-headed. She is super good at her job, mm-hmm. right? Like. Mm-hmm. She's the perfect co-host. Yeah. Right? You get the idea she was there. She set up. She did the food. You know, she's staying on top of kneading ice. She stays late to help clean. Like, they, she is incredible. And this is the Suki that I always think of. Yes. But this first season, they're really like, whoa, she's a fire hazard. Whoa, she's going to kill somebody. And then this episode comes out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, no, she's actually a functioning adult. Yeah, yeah. I kind of see it in, like, an inclining graph like she starts out uh as a mess and mm-hmm. slowly slowly goes up until she's she's amazing yeah and, like she can handle an entire kitchen she can handle an entire room that needs food and she does it effortlessly and that's a suki that i think of too yeah i yeah. think we're in that time frame now where the personalities that they were not 100 percent sure like what direction they were going to take them they're they're figuring that out it's like last episode Mm -hmm. we saw a little more of luke's personality come out by yelling at suki for you know invading his space so this time we see suki kind of picking up the okay she's not quite so danger prone she she knows what she's doing she she is organized she can run around she can be in a kitchen without burning the place down the whole thing i love how level-headed she is when she's talking to lorelei especially about you know, when Richard and Emily show up and Lorelai comes in like, oh my gosh, this is wild. And Suki's just like, all right, like just mm-hmm. rolls with it, doesn't care. Emily comes in and gets up in her face and she's like, 
cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't matter to her at all. I love it. I love that um, Suki just lets herself into Lorelai's house. Oh, like, yeah. when she's bringing all the groceries over and Lorelai walks into the kitchen, clearly just woke up, not awake, and Suki's, like, bright-eyed, bushy-tail, unloading groceries. Like With cr- the full cornrow hair again. She s- slept in it. I'm convinced. <laughs> I mean, like, this woman has to wake up and do her hair every day, and I'm so impressed with her. Speaking of food, uh, Lorelai eats an apple, which shouldn't be news, but... Yes! <laughs> also, there are so many apples on that table. There are so many apples. Like, we, I live in a house of three people, and all of us eat apples, and I never have that many apples in my house. They'll go bad. I usually get, like, one or two apples at a time if for for my two-person household because yeah otherwise they go bad we just don't eat fast enough so i wanted to bring up do you guys know the term flanderization where it comes from the simpsons um it's about flanders and how he's gotten progressively weirder as you're i almost feel like it's also like eric matthews from boy meets world how he got oh, progressively no. dumber. He was so normal in the first episodes. Exactly. And that's how I feel with Lorelai and food. Because mm-hmm. in the first season, it's chill. She eats vegetables. She eats apples. And then as the seasons go by, the junk food goes crazy. Uh, there's huge amounts. Yeah. And oh my god, a vegetable? An apple? God forbid. <laughs> uh, so I kind of feel like... And they started out normal, and we're going to see the progression of it going into a different way. Yeah. Yeah, once we start getting to, like, the movie nights and that kind of stuff where they have just an obscene amount of food, and even, like, that first night in Rory's dorm, like, mm-hmm. they, I wish I could live that life. Gosh, I wish I could afford that much delivery whenever I wanted. Sure. But... That's how you get gout. <laughs> by eating like that. <laughs> so... I I have a note that we see Tristan at almost the best behaved he's been no. so far. I, I hated then... Tristan in this episode. <laughs> in the scene in the hallway, mm-hmm. I had to later make a different note about Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> but like, honestly, if Tristan hadn't gone up to her, she probably would not have known that, is that true. everybody was coming to her party. But then that she even leaves, worse. She leaves with the invitation. So like, when I see her walk away with the invitation, like, does that mean he? loses no her address <laughs> he's not invited anymore he, doesn't he would have, have to have asked someone right and he probably yeah. did he probably did yeah. well as we learn his grandpa knows richard so that realistically he probably already knew the address or roughly where it was jess i also yeah. have two notes on tristan the first one is just tristan is tristan and then <laughs> <laughs> the bottom one is a lot more uh colorful so when yeah. we get there we'll talk about tristan <laughs> I love that this is, like, the best behave we've ever seen him, and he's still being kind of a weirdo, but I just appreciated that he didn't say, like, hey, that's my invitation. Like, he just, yeah, this party? Oh, you don't know about it? Okay, you can take my invite. Rory, she wants to fit in. She doesn't want to be this different person. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I feel like in that world, in that Chilton world, fitting in is going to these parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... To her, it just makes her an outsider. I feel so bad for her. Like, literally everybody who shows up, you hear them say, I only, I'm, I, my mom's making me, my dad's making mm-hmm. me go. Nobody is there because they want to be, but because their parents yeah. are making them. And they're not hiding it from her. So she's well, well aware that, like, this is one giant pity party. 
even Mitzi is like, who's Rory? Right? Right? Is that oh your my dog? Gosh. My That's kid. crazy. No, I, the whole, the whole party is so, like, disheartening, especially because we know, like, we see Rory's actual party mm-hmm. and how loved she is. Mm-hmm. And, like, the scene with uh, Babette and Maury and Patty all sitting around and, like, telling stories about Rory growing up. It's so cute. You, it's, it's so, so cute. sweet. And I'm so grateful that she had that because if this, if Emily's party had been my sweet 16, like, yes, it would have been really cool for every random grown up that I met to hand me a check. Yeah. Like, yeah. hell yeah. Fez but is paid for time. Yeah. I was literally I, like, how much, how much are they giving her? I think we know how they paid for their Europe trip now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. No, but it was just so sad. And the idea that you could have a party for your birthday where nobody knew you and nobody wanted to be there is so sad. And the fact that like Paris is there, right? Mm-hmm. The last time we saw Paris, she was bullying Rory. She was getting yelled at by Rory. Like Paris is not a friend yet. We no. see kind of a hint. Yes. Right? Yeah, we see a different side of Paris today yeah. in this episode. I- Going off of what Emily was saying about personalities kind of setting in stone slowly, right? Mm-hmm. This is Paris. You know, the yeah. Paris that is a little bit insecure, likes Rory, but doesn't want to tell her that she likes Rory. Um, Pining for Tristan. Yeah. Yes. But still kind of manages a, hey, nice party. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice because mm-hmm. I, like, one of my favorite relationships in this show is the Paris rory relationship mm-hmm. um especially like i've probably said this before and i'll say it again season four is like my favorite season mm-hmm. and you get a lot of of paris and rory but whether you it want nice it or not to see. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was to a little toxic it. at first it was oh, a little yeah. toxic but yeah, for sure. it, got, it got better mm-hmm. um one thing i will say is luke luke is so sweet Oh, and Rory <laughs> gives him such attitude. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. And he's just like, I made you this. Go sit over there. Like, the cake and the balloon. It's so cute. And like, it's the fact on. that he knew, the fact that he knew she would be there in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is no coffee there. We'll get to that, but there's no coffee there. I, I searched well, multiple the times. Cake. Well, there he is wants cake. it to be warm when she sits down. Yeah. Well, Maybe he doesn't know um, what time she's going to be there, so he, like, sets it up at 6 a.m. and just waits for her to show up. And because I just, I have to, Sandra, cover your ears. Okay. Uh, Dean, in this episode, I'm still crushing on Dean. I don't know That's what cute. it is. This was a good just, Dean episode. The way he is when they're in the diner together just took me back to those, like, crushing on somebody. You both know you like each other. It's kind of happening. And it just those little looks and him mouthing happy birthday. That's so yeah, cute. It was very cute. Oh, so cute. Even me. I was like, I, I can't forgive future Dean, but current Dean is still in my good books. Dean, Dean, I feel like still has some good time before, before we yeah. start to see the downfall. We still have yeah. some good Dean time left. Floppy hair <laughs> Dean. It's so cute. Yeah. With his leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think they did the leather jacket to like do a... Uh, Kind of like Christopher vibe. I think that every man that Rory ever dates has to have a Christopher vibe. Like, 
there are so many weird daddy issues in this show and like Christopher specific issues like every man gets compared to Christopher in some way I feel like because we see Dean first and Lorelai's like he reminds me of Christopher that Christopher had to have a Dean vibe when he came Mm, in maybe yeah (laughs) yeah well we actually get information on Christopher in this episode we find out that he calls once a week it's the first time that's mentioned I wonder how how long that lasts and does that go through like phases it does go through phases because they have fights Right, they yeah. have, but to not necessarily like phase phases triggered by an event or a fight of some kind. But like, if Chris just gets busy with life, and then all of a sudden it's been a couple weeks since he called, because that just seems like a I very can see that Christopher oh, thing. Yeah, definitely the college fair. Yes, yes. Corey in blue, Paris in red, Shirling jacket. Yes, um, the yes. first shearling jacket on a main cast member. We'll talk yep. about it. We'll talk about it. The quote is, Ten generations have gone to Harvard, is what Paris says. Yes. And my heart breaks for Paris in that moment because I know what happens in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. next quote, it's, it's a big school. We might never see each other again. And then I want to like super and see the cut of them in dorming together. I just want to hackle that whenever I, (laughs) whenever I watch (laughs) that. That's what you think. Might not be at Harvard, but I do think they do Paris a little dirty there. Two. Like 10 generations. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you kind of have an in at that point. Yeah, regardless of what Paris does in her interview or anything like that, I just I feel like ten generations and obviously the money to pay for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is at that point no reason for her to not. Well, I mean, maybe her later uh, freak out. Yeah, you know, we'll, 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 we'll talk. We'll talk about, about it. That. But I do like we already talked a little bit, but I do like that we're starting to finally see a little bit more of the Paris personality that mm-hmm. we see you know, going on with the series. Um, kind of that, like, grudgingly accepting that Rory is a nice girl. Mm-hmm. Because that's something I think that Paris probably doesn't have a lot of experience with, is people who are nice. Yeah. Um, like, because even with her friends, you know, we see people who are her friends be unkind to her later on. Mm-hmm. And Rory is just, you know, from the moment that she met Paris, she has done nothing but try to be kind to her. Yeah. Even when Paris does not deserve it. Um, yep. And so we're starting to see Paris recognize that. And it's nice. Yeah, my note is just Paris is human. Yes. <laughs> Less of a robot. Can we talk about the shopping expedition? Right. Yes. yes. These gift options. The that gross are... guitar purse. I wanted to talk about that. I hated it. With, okay. Can you imagine Rory? No. Carrying that? I could see maybe Lorelai, right? Maybe. I could see Lane carrying it, maybe. It's, like, not a Rory thing at all, and yet Lorelai's like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect gift. Lorelai. Yeah. They no. both pick horrible things. She spe- Lorelai specifically looks at Emily like, who are you shopping for? And I'm sitting here like, who are you shopping for, Lorelai? Yeah. <laughs> Yourself? I want to bring up the things. A pen. A $200 pen. That That actually holds. Yes. And I feel like you know what? I think Rory would like that because she's a writer. Yeah. Um, a hat. The hat was a little... The hat was a no-go. The hat was very Queen of England. Exactly how Lorelai referenced mm-hmm. it. The guitar purse, which, again, gross not and one. not efficient. 
a day planner. That I mean, that could have worked. For a 16th birthday, though? I think that one would have worked with how organized Rory is. Yeah. She, at one point, Lorelai mentions her diaries mm-hmm. that are, like, time-stamped. And I could totally see Rory loving, like, a really nice, fancy day planner. Like, And I'm actually kind of surprised that Emily didn't like that. Like, obviously not the ones there. They were cheap. Mm-hmm. But a fancy leather-bound one. The one that Lorelai picked up was, like, purple and black and furry. <laughs> yeah. Not, not those. But, like, a nice day planner, for sure. One with an Emily twist. I will say, like, as someone who is a writer... Getting a journal is the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, a day plan of journal, same thing. Yeah. And then they end on... Bracelets. Cheap bracelets? Yeah. Those were 2000s. But, to sum up, none of these gifts, none of these gifts seemed especially good. Um, But I was also curious about, like, this department store that was selling fine jewelry next to uh fuzzy purple notebooks. Like, just an interesting mix. It kind of reminded me of a Macy's. Nah, Midwest does that. Yeah. yeah. Like, whatever you can buy. <laughs> Just throw it all together. Hope they grab everything. <laughs> New Jersey's the land of malls. So, like, that is basically what I have. <laughs> oh, something that we did not mention when we were talking about Luke so far. We have the infamous Will You Marry Me Yes. It's so sweet. In this episode. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I love the foreshadowing yeah. of it. And the I whole love moment. the way he says it. Ugh. Like, she thinks he's dead serious. Because he is dead serious. He is, he's so serious. Right. I love that whole thing. Oh, I just have Luke, will you marry me underlined like eight <laughs> times in my notes. If that was me, if me, Jessica, walked into Luke's and Luke said that to me, I'd say, yes, I'd be over the counter. We'd close the place. <laughs> it would go down. <laughs> go, to, <laughs> go to Maryland and elope. Yeah. <laughs> I think we also have the notepad in the in the pants at some point in this episode, too, I believe. We love a Luke. <laughs> um, my note is literally, Luke and Lorelai's moment is so incredibly sweet. I love them get together. Yes. Kind of painful, like, having seen the entire series, to know how long we have to slog before it happens even emily sees the chemistry between yes yes and confronts lorelei with it my my note is emily is the og luke lorelei shipper and i'm here for it (laughs) but the the sound lorelei makes when luke comes in with the ice like you never hear like i know she's saying something like super excited about him being there with the ice but she's just like so Ah, you're here! Yeah. Never hear that sound again. No. Is she drunk? She might be. I had that too. It's like in that moment, she's kind of drunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, but like, again, if Luke showed up at my house with two bags of ice looking like a snack, there'd be two bags of ice on the floor, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but there's still a lot of people in the house. (laughs) They're not going to throw down and consummate in the foyer. foyer. (laughs) Speak for yourself. Um. <laughs> so backtracking again. Sorry. <laughs> We're having too much fun this episode. <laughs> because there are two birthday parties, so we keep mixing them up. But yeah. going back to the like literal four o'clock in the morning, four oh three in the morning. So oh, sweet. I love that. Emily, do you do this with your daughter? <laughs> My daughter was born at six PM. Like I'd have to 
like in the middle of dinner, just shove her over and be like, so. And she'd be like, I'm eating cereal. Leave me alone. (laughs) So I'm curious, Emily, you're the only one of us who's given birth. I have. Did you pelt nurses with ice? (laughs) No. And that still bothered me. That is so freaking rude. Like, I loved my nurses. Yeah. So I had my husband and my mom and my mother-in-law in the room with me because my 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 in-laws are fantastic. And Sean is an only child as well. So, like, I am the sole grandchild provider mm-hmm. of the family. So, um, but no, like, I had my nurse in there. And she also had, like, a student nurse that was interning there as well. And I I loved all of my nurses. They were fantastic. They were great. They helped me out. They brought me whatever I needed. They were so sweet. I would never have in a million years pelted ice at them. I We're supposed to kind of believe that Lorelai's that kind of person, especially young Lorelai. I know she went in to labor kind of quick. Did she not get an epidural? Like It's never mentioned she one did, way or the other. Because that's why she called her oh, Lorelai, yeah. right? That's yeah. why she, that was Demerol. a joke. Demerol. She thinks Demerol had a big factor mm-hmm. in that. Like, you can get that pretty early on. <laughs> yes. So are you just pelting him for the fun of it? Because chances are she was numb from the waist down and just being cranky to but at the same time, she said it was like doing the splits on a crate of dynamite. And then um, going back to Emily's party, right? Because it's kind of more Emily's party than, than Rory's oh, party. Oh, it's, oh, it's Emily's definitely party. Yeah. Emily's party. My favorite quote from this episode is, who's your friend? I don't know, but this is Tristan. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And Richard's like, uh. <laughs> so I kind of. I kind of love Richard's obliviousness yeah. throughout parts yeah. of this episode. He has no idea what's going on. Yeah. He's just there for the, the business part of it. Well, I especially at the end of the party, right? After the whole blowout, like, between the three women, and Emily is being so incredibly cold to Rory. Yeah. Like, it hurts me to see that because... It breaks my heart. Like, Rory, we know she's a 16-year-old girl. Emily clearly knows she's done something wrong, and she's just stubborn. Doubling down on it. And Richard just comes out of nowhere and is like, here's some money for Fez. Fez. (laughs) I think you're an incredible girl. So grateful for him. Yeah. But Tristan was an asshole. Oh, yeah. Tristan's the worst. (laughs) How did I like him? Why did I like him? (laughs) Was it, oh. was it the eyes? It's a smile. I mean, I found my I found my second Tristan note. It's and Tristan is a dick again <laughs> because he really is. And that whole like I'm madly in love with you, like blah, blah, blah. like just leave her alone. And she stands up for herself. She like, does. You don't like me. You just have this weird need to prove you can date me, which I thought conquest completely accurate. I feel yeah. Like. And I was surprised that Rory could like say it that way and like recognize it and see it because in her own romantic experience that's kind of happening at the same time she's super clear like clueless she doesn't know what's happening she's out of her element but with Tristan she sees it and she's like I don't want to date you you don't Mm -hmm. want to date me leave me alone it's a good juxtaposition how she speaks to Tristan and how she speaks to Dean yeah or or doesn't speak to Dean (laughs) yeah because the feels are involved. You get nervous yeah. around somebody that you like, oh, yeah. whereas Tristan is just like, uh, he's just there. He literally moaned her name yeah. at her party. As Richard's walking up. It was gross. Like, 
Again, Richard, God love you in this episode, but you were just so oblivious to what is going on around you. But he saved her, like, even without realizing it. He saved her from having to be alone with Kristen any longer. And then the fight happens. Yeah. Well, okay, why, how, 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 Emily, in what world is it okay to spring on a 16-year-old girl? Give a speech to all of your friends. Not okay. Like, have you met Rory? If you're going to make her give a speech and somebody in front of all these people, you need to prepare her for this. You need to let her know. I think that's exactly it. Um, And that's what we learned towards the end of the episode, getting ahead. She doesn't know Rory or Lorelai. Yeah. And this definitely proves that doing a speech in front of everyone, in front of people she does not like and do not like her. Yes. And a bunch of strangers, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't even imagine my sweet 16. I'm... I was trying really hard to remember what it was. My two best friends are the same age as me, and we all have birthdays that kind of span spring and summer. And Mm -hmm. so usually we would celebrate each birthday as it came up, and then my birthday was always the final one. I have a late August birthday. And I know we did something together, but even if my mom had been like, Chess, why don't you give a speech to all of your guests? I would have been like, no, that's weird. Like, mm-hmm. even at a fancy party, it's weird. Even at a party with all of your friends, it's weird. Lorelai didn't make Rory stand up and give a speech at her ta- Stars Hollow party. Lorelai gave a speech on her behalf. That's what yeah. you do when you throw a party for somebody. Yeah. So at my Sweet 16 and a lot of the girls' Sweet 16, what they would do is they had 16 little trinkets, right? In my case, it was a little candle shaped like my dress, right? Aww. And That's you gave cute. those uh, 16 to random people. Well, the people that you loved or the people closest to you. So I gave them to my friends, my family, my mom. And I had to do a speech to do that. Be like, Aww. this candle is for Vanessa. This candle is for this person. That was horrifying. <laughs> but you but you knew about it. I did know about it. I had and it all prepared and ready. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. able to prepare for it. And Emily Springs not one, but two speeches. Like, she puts her in front of the room with all of her classmates. And then also, you know, an undetermined amount of time later, tries to get her to give a speech to literally everybody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand the but thought Rory process there. defends herself. She yeah. does. She really doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Which well, we and- don't see Rory defend herself to Emily very often. No. No, and she even says, I've never yelled at her before, which is like, how many people really yell at their grandma? You know, I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who do, but when you have this kind of relationship, like a holiday, birthday relationship, not not a lot of opportunities for yelling, at least in my family. Emily's response when Rory says no and says, this is your party and storms off to immediately blame Lorelai, your daughter. Yeah, It's not her granddaughter anymore. It's Lorelai's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in that scene, we see a lot of these three women in each other, right? Mm-hmm. They're all stubborn. Nobody wants to admit they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I have when um they're in Lorelai's bedroom, the three generations, right? Mm-hmm. They're all basically the same. It's just different versions of the same person. And yeah. they have like, they just have different feelings. It's very obvious that they have different, how should I describe it? It's almost like they have the same things happening to them, but they all 
respond a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. but you can all tie it together. And that scene in the bedroom, like the nostalgia of returning to your childhood bedroom, for Lorelai must be awkward and kind of sad. Yeah. It kind of surprises me that they they never changed the room, I guess. Yeah. Since they're so disappointed in her. And uh, to me, I understand keeping your kid's room the same when they're in college. Because, you know, for them to come home, obviously Rory's room stays the same when she goes off to college. But yeah. I would have thought, like, Emily or Richard, because they're so disappointed with how it ended up, would have changed it just so they wouldn't have to think about yeah. it. But instead, it's like walking into a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess surprises me there's not a bassinet in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so my childhood bedroom uh, stayed the same until a couple years ago. And I'm 28. But a couple years ago, my my mom finally was like, oh, you know, we're thinking about turning your room into a guest room. You know, so when we have people over, because we have a guest room, but this would be an ex- extra guest room. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was like a really weird feeling because I, you know, even though I'm an adult, like I live on my own, I've, I've lived with my boyfriend for a number of years now. It's weird to not have that. Emily, you talked previously about um, your childhood bedroom, how you had like pictures all over the walls and posters and all kinds of stuff. And Sandra, you said that you did quotes, you painted quotes and stuff on your wall. Like I just had mementos all over my wall. Like keychains or a bracelet that a boy wanted a fair and gave to me like just stuff pinned all over the walls um and I had I used to do acting so I had paper plate awards which is Mm -hmm. something people would give out like at the end of a show my paper plate awards were like you're just too darn nice like no (laughs) so but yeah so I took all of those down and it was it was weird to see the place that I remembered look completely different but mm-hmm. for Lorelai, I'm sure that it's even weirder for her to go back to that room and see it's like she never left. Or it's like, like yeah. she said, time stood still. Yeah. So I kind of feel for both of them in that moment. Yeah. yeah. I do too. Yeah, I went to three different high schools and then my parents ended up moving around quite a bit when I was in high school. So I kind of lost my childhood bedroom in my teens. So at that point, like as an adult, I never had the oh, no, I'm losing my bedroom kind of thing. It was just, nope, I lost it a while ago. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. So I would say out of out of the things in Lorelai's bedroom, uh, like the standout or strange thing in hers is the dollhouse, right? Yes, they used to have a glass on. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys have a standout strange thing that was in your, your bedrooms growing up? Or like a big thing? Hmm. I had a waterbed. bed. <gasps> that's so cool Cool. (laughs) I I think like my dad got a promotion or something at work and just like we were at my my brothers and I were at my mom's one weekend when we came home and we all had water beds oh my god me my two brothers and my dad and my stepmom everybody had water beds in the house we were man I miss that thing because I get really cold at night and it's heated you know you're you're sleeping on heated water (laughs) or cold water if you run hot so man Mm -hmm. I miss that bed it was fantastic Uh, when I was a little kid in the first house we lived in, our neighbors across the street we were really good friends with, and they got a waterbed, and they were like an older couple that had older kids, but we went over there one day so that we could all lay on their waterbed and dry it out, <laughs> and it was so cool. Uh, the big thing in my bedroom was actually the walls, because uh, I had it painted 
pastel pink, and then the top was half uh, pastel blue, and then as you went, it was like an ombre of darker blue until night, and um, my dad had painted stars in the black area, and then clouds in the more blue pastel area, and um, I loved it for years. Until I was, like, 15, and I was like, this is such a kid's room. It's so, like, I should paint it over, and I painted over it. Uh-huh. Yeah. My room was painted, like, a dark purple for a long time, and I had, like, Winnie the Pooh decals all over it. I think until, like, until I was in the double digits, longer than I should have had Winnie the Pooh decals on my wall. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is cool. But I, I had, had a water bed, so. <laughs> I had so many paints, like. You know the little paint cards you can get from like Home Depot. Mm-hmm. I used to every time we went to Home Depot, look at those and pick out like four colors that I might paint my room, and they were all like stuck up on the walls of my room with all of my little mementos. <laughs> I never painted it, but had the paint cards. We're off topic again. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Stars Hollow birthday party. Yes. Oh my gosh, the birthday party of my dreams. So yes. cool. They're having so much fun. Yeah. Like, it's it's so nice to see. Who wouldn't be excited about getting a map? Oh my gosh, right? That was expensive. That must have been Especially super expensive. Especially back then. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. a laptop computer? I'm guessing two grand, easily. Oh, I mean... Oh, more, I would think. The really? one that I got, because I got a MacBook for college, mm-hmm. and it was a gift that, like, multiple, multiple family members went together on. That was probably $2,000, so... Maybe even 25 or three. Like, it's... That was expensive. I will yeah. say, she gets her money out of it, because we, at the very least, so she uses it for the rest of high school, we see it in dorm number two Ooh. at Yale as well. So she gets a good amount of time out of it. Especially for being a laptop, because laptops are just notorious for not necessarily being a long-term. Yeah. MacBooks are better, Mm -hmm. obviously, than, like, Windows PCs. Um, A little bit. But still. Yeah. She she gets her use out of it. (laughs) Not a lot of kids. Not a lot of kids at the party. It was just Lane. Rory's a loner. Michelle showed up. (gasps) Yes, with his little sideways hat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, okay, I I can't. So she says presents mandatory when she's walking out. Is she saying like you have to bring a gift presence or like your presence? Is mandatory? I um I watch with I subtitles. For- right. Mm-hmm. Um, it says presence. Like you have to go. See, my subtitles say presence like gift. Oh, so <laughs> even more. So confusing. maybe like both. <laughs> I just now love I that all of the above. <laughs> Um, oh, and I think I was thinking about possibly presenting this as a person of the week, but I think I just want to present it as a thing that happened at the birthday. Oh my gosh, it's it's more of an actor thing than the character thing. Kiko absolutely saved everybody's yes! bacon oh by keeping God. Alexis's hair and boa out of that open flame. Yes, <laughs> like, and it was so funny in that moment. I was reminded, like, oh yeah, Kiko is like a grown up. Yeah, she's like yeah, an adult yeah. person. Oh, that could have been a disaster. Because Rory's the boa almost goes into the flame. Like it's des- mm-hmm. it was almost going to go up in flames. Yeah, it's and crazy. I love that it's it's done very naturally. You know, it doesn't steal the scene at all. It's just like oh, just- I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's a good save though. <laughs> 
that little blow of the last candle that was definitely she was supposed to blow all the candles she missed oh, one yeah. that yes. was an alexis thing yeah <laughs> that's hard though especially when they're in two lines like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they spread them out quite a bit did you guys hear miss patty singing yes miss <laughs> patty god I love miss patty what a diva it was great i think uh, that everybody has that person though like, I definitely have a couple of older relatives that, like, if we're singing a song, everybody's like, happy birth. And they're, like, up there. You know, they're belting it. <laughs> I should start doing that just to embarrass my daughter. Somebody has to. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, Maury's and Babette's very sweet moment where they're cheering and then they cheer each other. Oh. I thought that was so Aww. cute. I love them. And I already I already mentioned the, the scene where we see... Babette and Maury and Patty all sitting around and talking about uh, Rory. Yes. And, and the scene is, it's more about Emily. I think it's supposed to be her seeing this, you know, family that they have built. Um, mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. love, like, we just saw Cinnamon's Wake. Um, but I love that Maury and Rory have this, I know that's hard, Maury and Rory <laughs> have this relationship where they're close enough that he can like be like she was pretty bad at ballet (laughs) i just i love them i want to know what universe miss patty was living in that she thinks rory was good while everybody else is being like no she was awful just a good teacher (laughs) because like a good teacher will say you know that all of their students have promise one thing that we learned is that emily and richard have never been to the gilmer house that really surprised me. It really surprised me, too. I knew that, obviously, they weren't close, but still, like, you should know where your daughter lives. My thing is, if they've never been there before, how did they know about the turtle slash frog key? Inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. Right? Because when, when not Kirk, when original Mick shows up, Emily has told him that there is a hide key and it's a turtle frog, right? The whole mix up. So, whoops. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it's like a backup, like, hey mom, this is our address. If there's an emergency, there's a hide key, but like, yeah. Just a little that weird. Would make sense. It would. Mm-hmm. Like I can almost see Lorelai mentioning in as a side note, oh, oh hey, I got this really cute turtle to put the key underneath, but like I can't see her saying that to Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you said makes the most sense of here's our address, here's where the spare key's hidden if it's needed. That makes more sense Mm -hmm. to me than anything else. I love how Richard rolls with this party. Like, Richard... He just stays outside. Richard did really well in this. I love his autumn. (laughs) Sitting out with his Cosmo. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's been a long time. I I subscribed to Cosmo for years. I was a big Cosmo reader. And I was a Cosmo Girl reader while Cosmo Girl was still a thing. I didn't realize that wasn't a thing anymore. Now I'm sad. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the magazine industry has been struggling for a while, but. That's true. I just love that. I love that you know that Rory has so many books that Richard would genuinely enjoy reading. (laughs) And yet she's like, here's a Cosmo. (laughs) Right? Like, you know there are tons of books in Rory's room. How does she bring him that? Because she's having fun. We see very fun Rory in this in this episode. We yeah. do. And one more note about Emily. For someone who has a thousand maids, 
she's very insistent on cleaning up. Right? Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys saw what was in her hands. The glasses that she hands to him and says these can go in the dishwasher. They're like crystal glasses. They're not dishwasher glasses. (laughs) Um, One other thing that I have from the conversation of Emily and Lorelai is Lorelai doing yoga seems out of character for her. Yes. But her breaking her leg at yoga seems in character for her. So I don't know where I land on there. I so her doing yoga out of character, her breaking her leg in character, her then attacking verbally attacking the woman that apparently caused her to break her leg. I feel like that's a little out of character for her. I feel like you don't see, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I just I feel like you don't see a whole lot of her just outright attacking somebody like that. No, it's usually a snide remark. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it was cuz she called her the blonde pretzel chick. Which, to me, seems like Lorelai was probably pushing herself too far to, yeah. like, be better than a, a very, very flexible blonde lady. And it reminds me, I didn't get a chance to talk about it last episode, but I do want to throw it in here really quick. Because last episode, I believe it was, Luke also makes a yoga reference. He says, you don't do yoga on the Dalai Lama's mat and you don't, oh. you know, cook in my kitchen yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I just thought, mm-hmm. is Luke a yoga guy right now? Because, I mean, it kind of fits, right? In this little tiny capsule of Luke that we have in these first few episodes, I could see him maybe doing some yoga. Oh, now I know what Getting I want to watch. flexible. <laughs> can we Google, uh, Google Scott Patterson doing yoga? Oh my gosh. I was an image. That. That's Not an Scott Patterson now. That. Not Scott Patterson now. But hey, Scott, if you're listening... We'd love to have you on our podcast. (laughs) I'd still watch now. (laughs) Speaking of images, Lorelai says the mud wrestling is about to start so seriously that it almost seems like she's telling the truth. Well, it does seem like they're genuinely going to have a food fight. Yeah. But there's no mess. There's no mess. And also, I don't think that Suki would be down with people throwing her food. No, absolutely not. Her food, which is so amazing, Emily's like, I'm going to put you to work. Suki has a job. (laughs) And the way we end the episode, I love the way that Lorelai sees them through the window because she's horrified. She's horrified. She's like, this is, you know, her baby is 16. And then literally that same day, oh my gosh, my baby has a boy. (laughs) Yeah. Her face is hilarious, but also sad. But hilarious. I it's so sweet and it's I love that because I feel like on another show that would be the kiss mm-hmm. moment, right? They're mm-hmm. they're hiding outside of her house. He gives her a gift. It's her birthday, her sweet sixteen, right? That would be the moment where he goes for a kiss. But no, this is I feel like this is honestly this is more genuine, mm-hmm. right? They're still so new. They're so so shaky. They're just going to hold hands, and it's a really big deal. And it's it's so sweet, too, because, like, Rory is just now finally able to talk to him without, freaking out. I guess, freaking out and running away, as we see multiple times. So yeah. I just, the whole moment was very sweet. Obviously, a kiss at this point would be way too fast. Um, so for yeah. him to just put the bracelet on her and then... I looked at that bracelet multiple times because I wanted to talk about it, if I could, for fashion. I could not, for the life of me, figure out what that medallion was. And I did some Googling. I couldn't find anything. Do you guys 
I have no idea. There's not really a great picture of it to begin with. No. Um, you can't really see a whole lot of like what the etchings or engravings on it would be. It looks kind of just like a plain silver token. Like a coin almost. Yeah. You know what's funny? I thought it was a wolf, but now I think that's Twilight. That's Twilight. <laughs> yes. That is. Uh, Jess would know. <laughs> that's what Jacob gives to Bella as a birthday gift. <laughs> I love that you I always that go too. Valley Girl whenever you talk about Twilight. <laughs> because it's so good. No, seriously, somebody, listeners, Twihards, hit me up. <laughs> Twilight Renaissance is real. But yeah, this is this is a very sweet, like, first real romantic moment for the two of them. So without, like, spoilers, but we, we kind of talked about how this is spoiler for you. Um, no, I'm sorry, not a spoiler free. It's not a spoiler <laughs> not free, a spoiler free. Yeah. Um. In a literary sense, it's interesting this scene because Lorelai is looking out to Dean and Rory, right? And you'll see in a season where Lorelai and Dean are looking in to Jess and Rory. And it's that mm-hmm. same horrified realization of, oh my God, Rory likes this person. Yeah. Yeah. And so to parallel the two scenes, the second scene is not too fresh in my mind right now, but... It is a scene of, oh God, <laughs> where yeah. do we go from now, from here? Yeah. Yeah. It's a strong way to end the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very sweet way to end the episode. Yeah, it is. It's also a sad way for Emily, who realizes she does not know her daughter. Yeah. But I think it's good. I think Emily needed that, though. Yes. Yeah. I agree. A dose of reality, because mm-hmm. she was not living in the real world when she went shopping for those presents and planned that party. Yeah. Well, and her reaction, too, when Lorelai, like, calls her out on it, where she just doubles down on, no, I'm right, this is what, this is how it is, this is what Rory needs, instead of, like, just stay, taking a step back and listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's a repeated thing we see, just Emily just does not listen very often. No, not really. That was Rory's birthday parties and town person of the week. I I have one that I'm pretty strong about. Oh, good. I don't have one that I'm super strong about because I had a lot of strong feelings about a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I think it should go to Rory. It's her sweet 16. Uh, She defended herself against Emily. She talked to Dean. Finally. (laughs) Full sentences. Yes. (laughs) She turned 16, which is a big moment in your life. And although she had a little problem with attitude, let's say, towards Luke and Emily, she was more herself and she had so much fun at her second party. So I just want to give it to her. Yeah. How about you guys? I second that. I'll, yeah, I'll go with that too. I think, I think that Rory deserves it after what she went through this week, like, she deserves to be Townsperson of the Week. Yeah. I was trying to think earlier today of who I wanted to be Townsperson of the Week, and I didn't, I guess, on the opposite side of you, Jess, I didn't have necessarily any strong feelings where I felt like anybody truly shined, but I was like, okay, let's run through the episode, and I was like, yeah, you know, I really feel like Rory with it being her birthday, and I just, I agreed with that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Basically everything you said, Sandra. <laughs> I can't give Townsperson of the Week to just whoever's the hottest every week that's what i always want to do so would it be jackson or luke jackson and luke tied again this week (laughs) funny how that happens 
<laughs> just wait till Jess shows up, and then we're all going to be in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jess will be town's person of the week every week. It's Actually, it's going to be every week. Every Jess week for, for Jess. Me. Jess for Jess. <laughs> and I think it's probably time to hear about some books. Some books. Reading books with Emily. So for this episode, we didn't really have any books mentioned. Um, the biggest, really the only ones that we, even close to books that we saw was the Wall Street Journal was mentioned and Cosmopolitan was given to Richard. Rory comes out, Richard is sitting on the front porch at her birthday party in Stars Hollow and says, sorry, we don't have the Wall Street Journal, but here's a Cosmo. <laughs> so we do learn that Richard is an autumn. Love that for him. Which then made me want to go do my own test and I never did. Um, so instead of anything about the books, we're just going to do a quick little history of those two different magazines. Um, I will say neither of them really have any kind of crazy sordid history. Uh, I was surprised. So the Wall Street Journal was founded in 1889, so it's currently 131 years old. It is all, obviously a very business-based journal. It's one of the first uh, newspapers that was started in New York specifically for like financial district. It start. I like this though. So it was a original product of the Dow Jones and Company, which, if you know anything about stock markets, Dow Jones is a very common thing. I don't know much, but um, the it was the first one of the first products of the Dow Jones and Company were brief news bulletins called flimsies, Ooh. and they were hand delivered throughout <laughs> the day to the traders in the early 1880s until the news poet newspaper itself was actually started so the flimsies were handed out it was later aggregated into a printed daily um summary called customer's afternoon letter um and then it was then turned into the wall street journal commonly referred to as the journal it is also printed in japan and china oh wow it has its own editions there it was founded by charles dow edward jones and then charles bergstresser they were the ones that found it. And it was originally delivered via telegraph, which I did find interesting. Um, it's been under the control of the Bancroft family for a very long time. And that's kind of all I really had on that. I was also surprised, though, to um, learn that Cosmo is older than the Wall Street Journal. Oh, wow. Cosmopolitan hey. is an American monthly fashion and entertainment magazine first published in New York City in March of 1886. So it is technically three years older than the Wall Street Journal. And that's about as far as I got with Cosmo. The rest of it was just, it's different articles and different stories. It does have political uh, stories in there. And I do think that there is actually some really good writing in Cosmo, just so it's not just about your favorite sex position. There are (laughs) some really good stories in there. So don't completely pull it off of your 15-year-old girls. Maybe just specific pages. Take those out. (laughs) (laughs) They could be good stories for older kids. For older women. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so that was Books with Emily. After that is... Welcome to Jess's Fashion Corner. Okay, so we have some good outfits and we have some whack outfits in this episode. Uh, The first thing, though... The first episode that we see on Lorelai at the Friday night dinner is a full-on repeat of our worst outfit of a past episode. Once again, we see her in the red embellished v-neck sweater with that burnt orange skirt. And I Mm -hmm. just thought of all of the outfits to repeat Lorelai. That one 
that one. The second I saw the bling on that sweater, I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have strong feelings about that outfit. And we do see Rory in a kind of strange red striped cardigan. I wasn't a fan. Uh, she loves the stripes. In the last episode, she was in plaid. In this episode, she's in stripes. Uh, her Friday night dinner uh, options may be a little bit limited. Maybe she's just trying to dress up her everyday kid clothes. Um, just didn't love it. That Actually, uh, that would on. make sense. That she might not have a whole lot. Because I feel like her Friday night dinner in the future dresses, like, I want some of those dresses. Mm-hmm. Yes. The fashion ramps up so much in later seasons. I'm excited to get to those. This is fun from a nostalgic point of view. Mm-hmm. But right now, like, we're not getting a bunch of great content. Right now, it's just very 2000s. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of 2000s, in the kitchen, we see Suki in a knit bandana, which is kind of a fun twist. We haven't seen her in anything besides a classic bandana yet. Uh, and as we've already talked about, Jackson is rocking a white bandana. <laughs> and it's the return of the tie-dye in overalls. I love <laughs> yes. him in tie-dye. I love him in overalls. Uh, I will say that the bandana... He even flexes for you. <laughs> the bandana is kind of a strange look. Like, I mean, I it get is. it. I'm assuming he wears a headpiece all the time, a hat, a bandana, something, because he's outside working. But the bandana was an interesting addition. You really don't see Jackson without something on his head very often. Yeah. Is he balding? Maybe it's guy. something like that. Possibly. It might be an actor's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, one of my favorite looks of the entire episode we only see it really briefly. It's what Rory is wearing when she orders pizza um, during kind of like the party planning. Yes. I love this shirt. So she's wearing, I, it's a style shirt that I like to wear today. Kind of a peasant blouse, kind of a, that kind of boho vibe. It's green, it's ribbed, kind of tight under the bust, and then the sleeves are tight to right above the elbow, and then they fell out. It's just such a fun look. And she wears it with, again, some dark wash bootcut jeans. They're kind of a, a baggier wash. I just love it. She's got a little pink uh, headband on. I, say, I love the headband because she doesn't yeah. wear those it very just, often. Mm-hmm. I love the headband, look. yeah. It's just a girl, a teenager ordering pizza for her and her mom. I really liked it. I think that that green shirt is the item that I would probably steal from this episode. When we have our shopping scene, uh, we have Lorelai in a kind of purpley red mock neck and a gorgeous long blue cardigan. Uh, the costumer really has figured out how to make those eyes pop. Lauren and Alexis both had those gorgeous, gorgeous blue eyes. And we see especially Lorelai in a lot of that blue. Um, and I love that cardigan on her. And Emily is dressed to the nines, like full skirt suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way that she dresses when they go out places because she's always like mm-hmm. just this incredibly wealthy white woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't mention the line like sweater suit that Emily was wearing at the Friday night dinner. I actually thought she looked really pretty in it. Yeah. yeah. I think I was so um, distracted by the <laughs> red and orange. Of my least favorite outfit. <laughs> Like, genuinely, I was I was seeing red, guys. I was seeing red. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we see a little bit of a switch in Luke's outfit, uh, with Luke's personality being a little bit softer. We also see him in a softer texture. I don't know if you guys noticed it. I was staring very hard at Luke, as I always am. And he's wearing a rib-knit 
t-shirt. So it's like a much thicker, plusher, kind of very huggable, very snuggly. And I don't know if that was on purpose, but it gave him a softer look to me in this episode, and I love that. Uh, I would say that the biggest fashion moment of this episode is um, Lorelai and Rory's party dresses. Mm-hmm. How Lorelai took whatever tool monstrosity was in that so garment bag much tool and turned it into whatever Rory is wearing with no tool. It's beyond the realm of belief for me. Like, there's <laughs> no way that 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 dress had tool attached to it. Lorelai still had a little bit of tool, though. Lorelai's dress is banging. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like the cutouts are kind of a little bit strange down towards the bottom. Um, and there is kind of just a weird, <laughs> it's a beautiful dress. I think that was part of the fashion at that time though, to have like the mismatched lengths. But I mm-hmm. don't know about the tool butt flap. I don't know if anybody I else noticed might have missed it. That. I did not notice that. Yeah. There's like a tool butt flap that goes over the back of the dress. Um, not super cute, but I love the crushed velvet. I love the spaghetti strap. The color is gorgeous on her. I've already talked about how good jewel tones look on Lauren. Mm-hmm. Super, super great. And then, of course, we have Rory in her kind of satiny, silky slip dress with a cardigan in olive green. Uh, very pretty, you know, very fitting for this party. Unlike Paris, who shows up to this party in the least formal dress, I think, there. Everybody else is dressed up, especially if you compare what Paris is wearing to what Lorelai is wearing to this party, so Paris is wearing a purple, blue, and orange striped dress with some kind of blingy beaded accents across it. It's very much a casual dress to me, maybe something you would wear to like a daytime lunch um, at like not a super fancy kind of spot, and it just stood out to me. We do see some Paris fashion in the future, though. With a certain episode where she brings, like, apparently her whole closet over. Yeah. And there's just not a lot in there. So it kind of makes sense to me that Paris would not necessarily have or even know what to wear to to something like this. For all yeah, we know, definitely. her mom dressed her. It really makes her stand out against the other girls. It kind of sets her apart from everybody else. I actually have notes on Paris, um, her dress. I think it's age appropriate. I think a 15-year-old would wear that. And if her nanny, because I think her nanny's the one who dresses her, or would tell her, like, this is what you would wear, here's, oh, it's a birthday party, put her in a nice little dress, right? And send her off. And that would be appropriate to something we would have had, right? But to Rory Gilmore's birthday bash, maybe not. Well, to Emily Gilmore's birthday bash. Yeah, it's not quite the right fit. But, like, honestly, if she had showed up to the Stars Hollow party, she would have fit right in. It would have been a great look. It just was a little bit too casual for the vibe of the party. If you have, Mm -hmm. you know, waiters walking around in white gloves and candelabras, don't go for your summer dress. And then we have the moment between Rory and Paris at the the college event. I said that Rory kind of looks like a tiny professor in her little blue <laughs> argyle, argyle sweater. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she just looks very, very buttoned up. And Paris looks very buttoned up in a turtleneck with a full zipped uh, suede jacket and a red and blue plaid skirt. And then we do have on Rory the first shearling jacket on a main cast member. Just get used to it, folks. From here on out, apparently it's shearling season. All year round. <laughs> <laughs> Who was wearing a Shirley Jackman in the first episode? Was it Lane? 
yes, Lane okay, is wearing Lane. a jacket that is shearling on the inside. Okay. And then it was an yeah. extra. Yeah. And now we yeah. have Rory. So this is, I guess, the first shearling collar on a main cast member. Um, because the collar is really where it's going to pop off. Yeah. I, from that point on, I don't love Laura, uh, Rory's birthday look. I thought it was kind of honestly forgettable. Can either of you remember what she wore? I know it was a dress of some kind, but yeah, it's so buried beneath the boa and the tiara yeah. that you can't really it's, see what it is. The boa and the tiara are like a fun moment. I absolutely have a sweet 16 tiara and there are pictures of me wearing it. And my, my sweet 16 is like not a big deal. It was just a friend party. But it it was very reminiscent of the one that she was wearing. And I realize now I probably wanted it because I'd seen Rory wear one. Um, <laughs> however, Lorelai's, Lorelai's shirt is not forgettable. Lorelai is wearing yet another strange Lorelai piece. It's a red sweater with this super bold graphic. It's kind of abstract. It's kind of not. And like a, a leopard print v-neck? I could not tell you. I don't know what is going on with this shirt. There's a lot of things going on. It's my least favorite piece of the uh, episode, but the only thing that saved her is having worn that terrible outfit. So Friday night dinner, <laughs> Lorelai is our worst dressed. I want to steal the green shirt. And then the best dressed is going to be, I'm going to say Lorelai at the party, uh, Emily's party, because I think that dress is just even with the tool butt flap, is absolutely stunning on her. So she wins best and worst. She does. Interesting. She does. I will say, side note, the kind of fashion, kind of not, I think this is the first episode where we really see Rory with wavy hair. And I just think she looks so good with that wavy hair. I think it's so pretty. She looks so pretty, yeah. I agree. That was like one of the very first things I think I wrote down in my notes was, love Rory's hair. When Rory is at Luke's diner and she's sitting down with her cake, she has twirls up front and then her the back of her hair is pulled into a braid. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, I really yeah. love it. It's fun to see them start to play with hair oh. other than Suki. Yeah. Right? Like, Suki's not the only one who does fun hair in this town. <laughs> that means it is time for us to do reference of the week. Yeah. So... So I will pull a reference of the week that I enjoyed, and this is more potentially for some of our younger viewers who might not be fully aware of who Farrah Fawcett is. Most of you probably know about Charlie's Angels. Well, Charlie's Angels started in the 70s, and one of those angels was Miss Farrah Fawcett with the perfect feather flip hair. And so gorgeous. Her, that hair was just iconic for that time period. So many people... So many people copied that hair. And honestly, if I, even today, if I could imitate that hairstyle, I would 100% do it. Yes. Farrah Fawcett in the 70s, beautiful, golden-haired, blonde icon. Like, you could not walk anywhere without knowing who Farrah Fawcett was. And if you, like me, are on TikTok, and side note, we're also on TikTok as a podcast. Find us, Mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls Podcast. If you have been seeing the trend of curtain bangs and long layers, like that's Farrah Fawcett. Yes. Doing the flipped out, the big blowout where your your layers all kind of flow away from your face. Stunning. Stunning. An icon. We love her. She is the OG. <laughs> and we will learn in the future that uh, the Gilmore girls have Charlie's Angels plates. And I yes, think if do. I remember correctly, the Farrahs are easy to find. That's because everybody wants to be Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> 
All right. And we got an awesome, awesome email from a listener. Now you guys have actually heard us, so nobody's a pre-listener anymore. But we got an email from Ayla. And uh, this was we were all really excited about this email. Ayla says, I'm curious if you will discuss how financial privilege and social class is handled on the show. I feel like there is so much more to be said about the intergenerational Gilmore dynamics, especially as Rory enters Yale and finds herself even uh, more enveloped by her own privileges. I'm also wondering if you will unpack the notions of romance, virginity, and contraception, because there's so much dated, harmful content. Paris? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's so funny that you say that, because... Honestly, that could have been like a bullet pointed list of Mm -hmm. the things that the three of us talked about when we wanted to start this podcast. Yes. Those are absolutely the issues that we want to talk about, especially the stuff about sex and virginity. It is really harmful. Honestly, a lot of the ways that sex and virginity is approached in this show. um, I mean, it, it impacted the way that I thought about things as a young person, and I'm sure that it impacted the way other people thought about it. So... We are excited to get there, and now that we're finally having relationships kick off, we're going to get a chance to talk about it soon. I also want to shout out to Ayla, who she mentions that she is um, she is younger, so she's one of our younger readers, but she sounds so much smarter than I was at 18, so way to go, girl, having it together so much more than I did. Absolutely. Yeah, we love that. Thank you for writing into us. I cannot tell you how excited we get every time we get an email. So please keep writing to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, a special thanks to Isla, who really, honestly, when I read the email, that was basically what I wanted to talk about when I thought of creating this podcast, was digging into those specific topics, especially around privilege and sexuality. So I'm excited to talk about them with you guys. But yeah, I have to say, though, I think there was a big amount of social privilege in this episode that we didn't really discuss in terms of the parties that Rory gets like that big fancy party that Emily like I obviously we discussed the party, but just okay. how privileged that party is. It must have cost her a fortune. I mean, she specifically says it costs her a fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lorelai comes in and says, man, did you leave any servants for the rest of the neighborhood? Yeah, because there are so many people working this party mm-hmm. and they're just people that she yells at. Yep. Right. Yeah. She just yells at them over and over to get the cheese in separate bags or put these in the dishwasher or don't touch that six inches apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily like, loves to go on about how dramatic Lorelai is. I'm like, Emily, you are too. Yeah. Like we know where she gets it. Yes, yeah, she is. Okay. So the end of the podcast, we always go over coffee intake and You'll be pleased to know that Rory actually did have a cup of coffee. She usually doesn't, but she had one cup of coffee. Nice. Again, I was looking for that second cup when she was at Luke's Diner to see if she was drinking coffee. She wasn't. Lorelai had two cups of coffee. So, average. Okay. An average amount. Not too high. Not zero. But, you know. Especially since it spanned a whole week. That is true. Because we go from one Friday night dinner Mm -hmm. to the following Friday night party. They are lessening on the coffee intake. They do not lessen on talking about coffee. No. (laughs) (laughs) Loving coffee is still up there. Maybe we should add that statistic in how many times coffee is mentioned in the episode. Oh, God. (laughs) 
It's going to be like a thousand no drinking by the games time on we that one. season one. Yeah, right. But other than that, is there anything else we want to touch on? I, I'm amazed at how early the birthday comes in this, in the series. Uh, for some reason, it always sticks out to me as something that happens later, but mm-hmm. we're just chugging through. We just keep going. Yeah. Well, for me, Rory is never 15. She's always 16 because yeah. she's introduced as a 16 year old. And then has a 16 year old party. So, um, it's interesting to think back. No, wait, she was actually only 15 mm-hmm. during the first six episodes. But happy, happy birthday, Rory Gilmore. You turned yeah, 16. Happy birthday. 16. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to have all our handles at the end and have a good night. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. This is another fun, fun episode for us to discuss. It was, it was, a lot happened. I, it was not a filler. I think I can safely no, say that. Definitely not a filler episode. But it was definitely a fun episode to discuss. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Please feel free to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at townmeetingpod or shoot us an email at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys.